Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Okay, I uh, I had to go see my therapist because my phone has been glitching out. My therapist said, go get a new phone, you big dummy. So I went down to the uh, phone store, as we say, without giving it, uh, giving it away which one I went to. And uh, an hour and a half later, I got a new phone coming. But you know what? Uh, I'm an older guy. I'm 63 years old. So my son-in-law, who is, what is he, 30, and my kids who are in their 20s and 30s, these guys, they all know how to do this stuff. Me, I always hand it to somebody and say, do this for me, will you? And you know what they do? They'll Google something. They'll Google, you know, how do you do this or best this or best that or best practices. And then they come back and they go, there you go. And I'm like, what'd you do? Ah, oh, it was nothing. We just did this. But you know what? I'm that guy that always hands it off to somebody else. But as I'm going through my life, I realize I got to stop relying on everybody else. I got to start doing what I used to do, what I used to could when I was a younger guy. I was ready for the adventure. I'm not ready for the tech adventure because it's, it's very complicated, very, very complicated. So I was telling Matt Swider, who is the founder and editor-in-chief of theshortcut.com, who is our guest today, Matt, welcome to the show. I was saying I used to work for, yeah, for Popular Science Magazine, and I had to talk about all kinds of undersea exploration and, you know, outer space and nanotechnology. And then, you know, about seven or eight years later, it's like, you know, I have a hard time tying my shoe. Honey, can you tie my shoe? That's why I wear slip-ons now, by the way. But uh, I did just buy a new phone. I, at least I have it ordered. And so when I was talking to my producer, I, you know, we get a lot of pitches a lot of times to talk about everything under the sun here on Entrepreneur. But I like entrepreneur stories. So when I read a little bit about you, I thought, well, here's a guy who left his job. You were the editor in chief of Tech Radar. And. Yeah. You've done this for a long time, but you left your job to start your own business, to become an entrepreneur, Matt. So before we get going too much on my new phone, because, see, you know, I'm, I've got a selfish need here. <laughs> Give us a little bit about your story. Why would you leave a perfectly good job? And as I'm looking at these gajillions of notes that I got, 103 million page views on Tech Radar yeah. when you were there as EIC, editor-in-chief. Yeah. And you also got a hundred, let's see here. No, one million very loyal Twitter followers. Well, that gave you kind of a golden parachute because wherever you go, they're going to follow you. But give us your story just a little bit. Yeah, I was at Tech Radar for nine years and I loved that job. So to have left it, I had to have a really good reason. And it was that I got to a million Twitter followers while the PlayStation 5, the PS5, was out of stock and people were wondering, how do I acquire this? And I used my journalism resources to say, you know what, I know when and where it's going to be in stock. And I contacted some people who are not supposed to tell me, some usually some Target employees or some GameStop employees. And, like, right. and I put the information out there for free on Twitter. And then I got like 5,000 followers one day and everybody was thanking me. And I'm like, oh, I was trying to get the PS5 for myself. And I was just putting out the information out there. And then you know, the next day, 5,000 followers, and it added up to a million eventually. Wow. And I said, okay, 
Well, I'm my own publication now on Twitter, so I started the shortcut after nine years at TechRadar, and theshortcut.com launched as a Substack, and uh, I continue to, you know, tell people where the next best thing is. You know, usually it's they come to me and say, "All right, thanks for helping me get a PS5." They're very loyal, but they're like, "What about the TV I should get and the speaker system?" <laughs> right. and so they they always have a need for something new, especially around this time. You know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming up. Right. Amazon Prime Day just happened. So yeah. you know, it allowed me to create my own business by using the skills that. I developed at TechRadar and kind of throw myself back out there in the entrepreneurial world. You know what? I love it. Here's the funny thing. So I tell my son-in-law, one of the, you know, one of the ones who is the tech guy. Now, I, I have a lot of tech guys in my family. I said, so I, I ordered a new phone. He goes, oh, you, you idiot. What are you doing? You don't ever get the first one of this or that. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I done? I've already paid for it. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this stuff. We've got Matt Swider here. He is the uh, editor-in-chief of his company now. He's an entrepreneur. It is theshortcut.com. So you can check that out while we're in commercial break and be right back and more. And we'll get some inside info from the man himself. Stay with us. It's Entrepreneur Weekly. you're listening to entrepreneur weekly i'm alan taylor and uh yes venturing into a new phone it seems like about every year and a half i end up needing a new phone because the old one is somehow fallen or broken or starting to glitch out or overheat or you know not getting good connectivity or any number of things or the camera this that or the other so yes the new phone the new iphone is is out there and I just thought, what the heck, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And then they had some special, which incentivized me too. Matt Swider joining us. He's the editor-in-chief and founder of theshortcut.com. Matt, somebody once upon a time, because I'm a big car guy too, told me years ago, never buy a car that was built on a Friday because people are like, you know, they got the weekend coming up. They're not really thinking about their job. They're thinking about going water skiing or whatever they're going to do or the honeydews. Never buy a car on Monday because they're coming back from the weekend and they're hungover or whatever. And I, I remember thinking, now I've bought a lot of new cars and I never asked what day of the week it was built. The one that probably was a little more for me, a little more interesting to think about was a first year of something new. Like we have all these electric cars that are coming out now. And those of people, those of us that have bought new cars that are, you know, the first time maybe General Motors ever made a full electric car or Ford Motor Company or whatever, you know, BMW, anybody. Is it a good idea? Like when it comes to phones, here's the new iPhone. Should I wait a while, let them work the bugs out of it? Like they're having to do with the new cars? Well, if that's a mistake, I make the mistake for you year after year. I always upgrade my phone. <laughs> right. And I would say this year, I mean, they're up to the iPhone 15. So Apple, you know, it's the market leader in, in phones. And right. the thing I would say, it's like the first year they've done this is they added a connection called USB-C. And I think that is going to be eventually a really big draw. They're going to have to kind of allow you to work out the kinks of that. It's, it, USB-C is used by 
Android devices, mm-hmm. and it's a, a connection that replaces the lightning cable. As, right. uh, it's a lightning port replacement. And uh, the reason I like it so much is that a lot of other devices take USB-C. My GoPro, for example, I have a GoPro. Right. That's USB-C. A lot of cameras. My MacBook takes USB-C. My iPad Pro takes USB-C. So, you know, Lightning was kind of already becoming phased out. It right. just still existed in the very ubiquitous iPhone, so therefore it still had its teeth in, in my travel bag everywhere I went. Yeah, so, like 20 of them now. <laughs> exactly. So for some people, it's going to be a hassle because they have so many Lightning cables and maybe... You know, you have a spouse who has a lightning cable and a lightning cable required iPhone and you have USB-C. So I think it'll be better when everybody transitions over. But for me right now, as an early adopter, it's great news. Yeah, it doesn't bother me because like you, I've got an iPad Pro, so it has a USB-C. Not a big deal. But see, because I am an entrepreneur and a hardcore entrepreneur, I'm I'm uh, kind of like a contractor. I've got several commercial buildings that because I own them, I can have work done and I own some houses that I can have work done and without having to be a contractor because I'm not a licensed contractor. When I need one, I have to, I have to hire them a lot of times, but I, I'm that guy. I'm out. When I get away from the radio, I go to my next job. And then when I get done with that one, I go to my next job. So I have multiple jobs and I have 50 cows. So at some point, my phone drops face first into a red hot cow pie. So I've had everything happen, right? And maybe that's why I had to get a new phone because it it was submerged. But anyway, I need this phone. I cannot run my business without it. Entrepreneurs live or die by the phone they have. Because otherwise, we are stuck in an office with a landline. Nobody does that anymore. We're in a whole different world. And after the COVID thing happened, nobody wanted to be in the office. They wanted that freedom, you might say. And then that created more entrepreneurs. I know it did because you could have a side hustle. So you're saying, as I go into another commercial break, we're going to have to take more time with you, by the way. You're saying that... Even though here we are, iPhone 15 for the iPhone as an example, and you talked earlier uh, before we got going about the new Google Pixel phone. We should probably yeah. ask about that. Even though it's a new phone, it's nothing to worry about. Like we were, somebody was telling me, oh, they got to work the bugs out of it. They're, you know, Apple's pretty good, and I think all these phone companies are pretty good at making technology that really does work right out of the box. Yes? Yeah. Yes, yeah, they know a thing or two. They, yeah. they, you know, they're the market leader for a good, very good reason. Exactly. All right, more. We're going to talk about technology today with Matt Swider. Uh, it's Entrepreneur Weekly. Stay with us. For you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. 
Jones. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. So I'm talking about technology today because I'm a very selfish man and I've just ordered a new iPhone from my provider. And uh, so here comes a guy named Mac, Matt Schweider. Um, his website is shortcut, theshortcut.com. Uh, it's the number one consumer tech publication on Substack. And he is here. He's given me some advice. Now, Matt, I, you know, I'm that guy that used to think I would like to keep my flip phone until I realized that my phone is an enabler to duplicating myself not once, twice, but maybe five times if I want to. So what I did was I had an old phone that, you know, it was kind of just laying around. And when I say old, it was probably five years old. I saw an ad on television about, you know, bring your phone in and get a brand new iPhone for free. So I thought, well, hell, you know, and a new line only costs a little bit. And then the guy looks at my plan and he goes, you guys have six phones on this. And I go, I know. He says, well, let me look this over. Maybe I can give you a better deal and it won't even cost you anymore and might be able to even save you some money. So I added a phone to my plan and I got another brand new phone and it was time for me to upgrade on mine. And my, my expenditure was pretty much the same, and I got a second iPhone because I have one business that's a nonprofit. And when that phone rings, I need to realize that I've got a whole different mindset. So as an entrepreneur, sometimes you need to change hats, if I can say that. You literally have to stop going, hey, bud, what's happening? All right, yeah, cool, man. To, hello, it's Alan Taylor. Can I help you? <laughs> you know, it's like a whole different flavor of you needs to come through. And it's because of who might be on the other end where I have my phone number that I've had for, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, 20 years. All of a sudden now I'm involved with a nonprofit. I need to have a different mindset when I answer that phone. So I got the new phone, but I'm wondering, is am I doing this right? Do you have any advice for me on, on, you know, getting some sort of a plan that I don't know about? Yeah, I think you hit on the exact point that people kind of don't realize. They they upgrade to a new phone, and a lot of times they stick their old phone in a drawer or they they hand it down right. to you know someone who's probably going to break it. Usually, it's you know a younger child. But that phone is actually worth a lot of money when you trade it in. So, for example, the iPhone 14 Pro Max. When I upgraded to the iPhone 15 Pro Max, that's the the largest one. Right. Um, that's the one I get every year, the Pro Max. It's $650 of trading credit. So you might end up spending $570 on a phone that costs about, you know, over $1,000. So I, uh, I really like the trade-in deals. Yeah. And if you break that down into a monthly payment, so you don't have to pay it all up front, there's a version called the iPhone Upgrade Program that the Apple Store has. And 
the carriers all have something very similar, but it ends up being $50 a month, and it comes with Apple Care Plus. So there's a little bit of kind of like an insurance policy ah, attached to it. Yeah. So in, in case you do drop your phone and, and break it, there's a little bit of a warranty there. So I think that is kind of a, the way to go, and that's the way I tell people to upgrade their phone because it ends up, you know, if it's $50 a month, that ends up being cheaper than a daily cup of uh, coffee over the course of a month. And, and right. the amount of time that people spend on their phone, I think that's worth it for a lot of people, especially because you have to consider if you're going to hold on to that phone for three years or more, that phone, you know, the battery is going to die. You're going to have to invest $100 after a year anyway. You might as well take that option every year for about a little over $500 and get the latest specs, get a fresh battery and, you know, just turn in your phone. They recycle it and they, they you know, break it apart and kind of make new phones these days because a lot of phones are made with using recycled parts. So everybody wins in that respect. Well, and, and from what I've heard in the past that a lot of these electronics have gold and silver in them. And mm-hmm. so there, there could be a certain amount of value just for that part of it so they can not have to go and mine stuff again. They can actually mine the recycling of it melt things down and yeah. so on and so forth. I, you know, what you just talked about Apple care, also a very important thing because insurance, if I buy insurance, am I buying Apple care? I mean, should I ask that it specifically when I go to do this with an iPhone in, in this instance? Yeah. So they have Apple care plus these days, and that usually gives you, you know, free repairs. And if it, you know, if you can, you know, just completely break your phone, there's some sort of deductible. I've been lucky enough where I do suggest getting a case for your phone. So I've been lucky where I haven't had a broken iPhone in a couple of years, but having that insurance policy there is kind of a really good peace of mind. So it is kind of like a a warranty that's, you know, through the owner of your phone. So, you know, you'll get a new phone in the end if you do happen to break it. You know, what's funny is this is a little version of what do they call the uh, genius desk or whatever they call it at the Apple places, you know, having you to to be able to call and having you on an old word and it could be even too old for you on speed dial, the shortcut.com, you know, because I'm sure you answer a lot of these kind of questions uh, as well. Yeah. Within that. Um, I want to talk about, yes, it is. Uh, Matt Swider joining us, CEO, uh, founder, and editor-in-chief of theshortcut.com. People have for business, business coaches, but man, that phone is your lifeline. So uh, hang with us. We're going to talk more with Matt about electronics, consumer electronics in general. This is Entrepreneur Weekly. We'll be right back. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, today we're talking about consumer electronics, phones, and all kinds of stuff. And I think it's time to get into the uh, artificial intelligent world because AI is uh, it's something that is it's very puzzling to me. It's very concerning to me. I've done a lot of things, and, and Matt Swider is joining us right now again, founder and editor in chief 
of theshortcut.com. You guys should all go check it out. And um, Matt, just a question about AI. And with the Consumer Electronics Show coming up, as a matter of fact, in January, I, I just got a phone call from them. Are, are you going to be going to that by any chance? I will. I'll be going. I've been going for probably 15, 16 years, so I'll yeah. definitely be there in person. Excellent. Let's meet up there because I would love to meet yeah. you in person. So I remember about uh, when, I was, oh, when I was doing Popular Science, it was, oh gosh, I'm going to say a good seven or eight years ago, the last show that I did for them before I, I moved on to Entrepreneur here. But um, mainly because I am an entrepreneur. I love science. I love technology. But I love being an entrepreneur because it's it just bubbles out of me, you know. But when I one of the last things I did was to interview somebody about artificial intelligence many, many years ago. And artificial intelligence, when they were talking about using artificial intelligence for marketing, and I said to the guy, I said, are you concerned with this at all? Because this seems a little ominous to me. And the guy looks me right in the eye and he goes, yes. <laughs> so here we are this many years later, and I haven't really talked to anybody about this like yourself that is, you know, I mean, this is what you've been doing for 22 years, I see. Is, yeah. there, is there any concern that people should have for AI or is it just something that we're going to master this crazy artificial intelligent things or is it going to master us at some point? I'm just curious. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, uh -huh. you know, and every day I feel like we need to look over our shoulder because there's going to be someone who taps you on the back and says, all right, you're done. And it's going to be an AI that replaces you. Um, oh. and it's, it's, it's a scary notion because it's gotten really good yeah. really quickly in the past, not even year, just past couple months. Yeah, because it's, and, it's escalating yeah. right now because of the, the data collection and all the information. It's all of a sudden now starting to come to a head. Is that a right way to yeah. say it? It's definitely both very exciting and, and frightening. And I feel like we're all funding AI's research and by, by putting content out there and it's, you know, mining all this information through, you know, our social media posts and, and different blog posts and it, we're feeding it and it's becoming stronger and stronger and stronger right. because they're, they're just scooping up all the data and data, you know, Google and, and Microsoft and everybody's collecting all, all this information. Mm -hmm. And it's just fascinating. It reminds me of um, Uber drivers, you know, and, and Lyft, both companies, are working on ways to have a self-driving car, right? And it's right. just like, by making profits, all these people are going to be, all these drivers are going to be out of work eventually. Right. And, you know, you're funding, by having this, this company make profits, you're funding a way for them to develop their AI and, and spend a bunch of, of R&D money on that to eventually be out of a job. So you have that job for now, but we're all going to be in that same boat eventually. And it's, it's just fascinating that it, the AI seems to be tackling the arts first mm. instead of just like a blue collar job that everybody, you know, the, the manual labor is actually remaining existent. Right. Um, and it's just like my Photoshop now creates a whole new photo. I've been testing that out and there's a new Google pixel phone out that just, fixes photos you don't even need a photo editor it just does it from <laughs> the camera app it's, oh it's incredible it has this new feature where you can take multiple photos you know how you you're like ah everybody looks good in this photo but 
in photo number five, I look good, but everybody else looks worse, and they're, that person's blinking, so I can't use that photo I like. Now this Google, new Google Pixel phone, they have this new feature called Best Take, and I like to call that face swap because it'll take your head oh. from the photo that you liked, photo number five, and put it on photo number one where everybody else looked good, and you can mix and match head. And the AI is able to replicate the background because you turned your head a little in that fifth photo, and it's applying it to the body of photo number one. And it's just incredible. All this stuff is very exciting, but it's frightening because someone's out of a job there because you know you may have a better photo, but you didn't have to turn to an expert, and all right. the experts, you know, all their duties are getting outsourced. I was actually watching something the other day with um, Zuckerberg and. I don't know who else was there, but they were doing kind of this avatar thing where they were in one room together, but they were all in different parts of the country, but they were not in the same room, but they, their avatars were in the same virtual room. Can I say it like that? And they all felt like they were in the same room when they put the device on their head and, you know, and they could see and they weren't looking at the actual person. They were looking at an avatar of the other person, but it looked exactly like only better, like you just described, kind of like a, um, yeah. an AI deep fake. And for those who don't know yeah. what deep fake is, what do you think about deep fake, which is, you know, what you're talking about there a little bit? Yeah. I mean, like, all right. So the thing that you saw is the metaverse. That's the, the online world. There you go. And yes. the headset is the MetaQuest three so that just came out and it's the latest and greatest vr headset and i feel like it's still several years away from becoming completely mainstream but when you think about that there's no need for an office space anymore because you're meeting almost face to face with these avatars and they're just going to get better and better and better than what you've seen right. um but yeah and, and with the, the deep fake stuff is like there's a lot of online content that looks real and they can just cast new characters in a movie and it kind of overwrites what's in an existing movie. So that's kind of throwing people for a loop and it's, it's both dangerous and kind of really cool looking. And now I, the latest thing I've seen, and this is just like brand new is that it can replicate you saying something, you make a little speech and on a video and then it'll translate it for you where your voice is saying it in a different language, and your mouth oh my gosh. is moving as if you're speaking French. Oh, incredible! Wow, yeah, well, and that's this. Like I said, eight years ago when we first started talking about this from the scientific side of things, you might say, from popular science, it was it, when the guy looked at me right in the eye and he goes, "Yeah, it's it's scary." So this morning, I'll give you an example. I went in. I wanted to get, you know, kind of jump the gun and get in there early. And when the, the building department opened, I was standing in there to buy a permit to, to build some walls in this one building I have. And the woman said, oh, you didn't hear. And I said, I didn't hear what? She goes, you didn't hear. We don't do building permits in here now. It's all virtual. You have to go online and fill it out and do this. And, that. and I go, well, where's so-and-so? Because I noticed the desk of the other person that used to be there is gone her job is gone the person you used to buy permits from you do it now all online so to your point uh, you cannot replace the tradesmen for the most part that's why having a trade is really really good these days this stuff is wild we're talking about consumer electronics and the virtual reality world and the metaverse and <laughs> deep fake and whatever else is going to be and 
Guess what? Us entrepreneurs have to stick together with this because we are on the cutting edge of this stuff. We'll talk about it. We'll bring the truth and the facts to each other on places like this and Matt Swider's theshortcut.com. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hi, it's Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The National Children's Alliance reports that almost 700,000 children are abused in the U.S. each year, with 65% of child abuse cases involving sexual exploitation. The Maloof Foundation exists to confront this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But making a difference can't be done alone. To create the greatest impact, they're going to need your help and mine. Do like I did and join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to confront child sexual exploitation and learn how you can preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity. I just want to repeat this one last time. The National Children's Alliance reports almost 700,000 children are abused in the U.S. each year. You can help. Let's do it together at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F foundation.org Discover unstoppable industry influencers who celebrate disruptive thinking and game-changing business strategies on Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Our guest today, Matt Swider. He is the uh, editor-in-chief and founder at theshortcut.com. you got to put the word the on there. Theshortcut.com, which is uh, the number one consumer tech publication on Substack. And, uh, Matt, I'm just curious, so that I don't get too much into the conspiracy theory stuff, I, I love conspiracy theory stuff. To me, it's my, it's my real-life science fiction, if you know what I'm saying. But maybe you could give us some what's trending on theshortcut.com right now. Yeah, I'll tell you what the hot new type of product is, and then I'll give mm. you a nugget of information from my entrepreneurial background that, you know, I get to play with a bunch of technology and that's a fun job. So I get the question all the time. Yeah. How can I, you know, do what you do? So first the hot trending topic right now, it's gaming and gaming has always been around, but now the gaming, the AAA games, uh, the really big budget titles that are on TV your call of duties, your assassin's creed, like every game that people want to play resident evil. They're now appearing on these PC gaming handhelds. It's like, a Nintendo Switch, or you know, if you're really dated, uh, the Game Boy, right? And it's a it's a bigger version of that that you can take around. But they're able to squeeze the power of a PC into these PC gaming handhelds. There's one called the Steam Deck. There's another called the ASUS ROG Ally. If you're you know really in the weeds, and Lenovo's coming out with one at the top of the month. But Apple's kind of sneaking in there with this new iPhone 15, and then it has this uh, the iPhone 15 Pro has this chipset called the A17 Pro and it's really powerful. It's powerful enough to run these AAA titles and mm. you can get kind of something, an accessory to kind of put buttons around your iPhone and it's becoming the breakout video game system that you don't really need the Xbox or the PlayStation anymore. So among the hot trending topics, that's probably going to be a big seller during Christmas, both the iPhone and the accessory to play with the controller 
you know, wrapped around your iPhone. So I really love that. And then the thing that I get asked all the time is like, how can I start writing about technology? Mm. And I started out on a video game website they created when I was 14. So, you know, before I was at Tech Radar, I was kind of in the <laughs> entrepreneurial world already. Right. At 14, I started a gaming cycle, Gaming Target. It still exists. I handed it off to somebody else. But I always suggest to people, especially when they're younger, is make me wish that I had your work and it's already out there. So you're, you know, so green that you can't even get into freelancing. That's a great place to start. Start writing your own Substack or your own, you know, website. Wix website's fine. Like, just put it out there and make me wish that, hey, I wish I had you on my staff or I wish I had you as a freelancer. Right. And, you know, that's usually where I find the most people to either have freelance for me or, or a team member, a full-time member. So just like make me wish I had your content on my site. And that's usually the best way to kind of, you know, build a portfolio right away is that you're being an entrepreneur right from the get go. That's right. No, very good advice. If you are passionate and you're doing it already and you go out into the world and show people that you love what you're doing and you're already doing it, even though you don't even have a job, but you have a place today because of the interwebs, I like to use that word, because of the internet, you have the ability to put it out there. And that basically is what you're just saying. It becomes a business or somebody with a business goes, I'm going to snatch that guy up because yeah. he's going to be my competition someday. Let's make him part of the team. And so it's, right. it's actually and brilliant. Yes, go ahead. If someone else is doing it for free, and they're doing it on their own website. There's a, there's another Substack out there where I see this young, I think he's 22, and he, he's just like, he's really great. No one's hired him because it's a tough economy. But I'm like, wow, your work is out there, and I have this audience. I might as well, you know, have you as my lead freelancer. And, right. you know, he gets a, a start at a publication. So there's just like, there's so much opportunity there. And most people say, well, I don't have that job, so therefore... I'm going to wait until they have that job until right. I put some content out there. Right. And that's just not the way to go. Yeah. It's, it's make me jealous that I wish I had your content. Yeah. I'll tell you my story real quick. When I got into the car world, I worked for uh, motor trend and car and driver and these different magazines early on. But at a certain point, I was so interested in getting, I was so driven is a better word in getting the interview with whoever the, the most important person was to get it with that when there was some sort of a, a new car unveiling, I didn't take the stairs to get up on stage when they said, come on up and take a look. I don't care if that stage was up to my eyeballs. I'm going to find a way somebody to give me a hike up onto that stage and I'm standing there. And one of the guys that was a television guy goes, you're always in my shots. How do I work with you? Let's put you in the shots, to your point. We'll take a break. We're listening uh, to a guy that knows a lot about consumer electronics, Matt Swider, editor-in-chief of theshortcut.com. This is Entrepreneur Weekly. Are you paying too much for business insurance? Do you have critical gaps in your coverage? Entrepreneur Insurance can help you find out. In six out of 10 policies, business owners are paying too much for property, general liability, or workers' comp insurance. Entrepreneur Insurance can help you identify ways to save and any gaps in coverage. Head to entrepreneur.com insurance to complete the questionnaire and get a personalized quote. It's an easy way to find out if you're paying too much. Again, that's entrepreneur.com insurance. 
You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Who doesn't love consumer electronics, electronic wizardry? I love it. It's, uh, it's far smarter than I am, and I'm smart enough to know that. Matt Swider is joining us. He's the founder and editor-in-chief of theshortcut.com on the web. And it's the number one consumer technology publication on Substack. Matt, I mentioned my career. You know, I'm in my 60s, so I've done a lot of things over the years. And I was in the car business for a long time. Less, more, and more all the time because I'm just a... Uh, you know, I'm kind of heading into the sunset, you might say. I'm, I'm moving, I'm shifting my, my intention. So less car stuff as I, am, I was a hot rodder, you know what I mean? But the cars are going all electric. Can we talk a little bit about cars for a minute? Because in the car, you have everything. You have, you know, an uh, entertainment system. You have the fact that the car is now watching you and, it's now at some point going to be driving for you and it's gathering data on you and things that you do while you're in the car. The car becomes kind of a technology cell. What is your take on the electric car world and just cars in general right now? Yeah, I, I think it's a interesting, definitely always expanding place because you spend a lot of time in the car as is, but what if you weren't driving? So, you know, obviously EVs are the new thing, the current thing. But after that, it is going to be these self-driving cars. And the example I really love is that people are like, oh, I will miss driving, which I like driving, but it's going to be like riding a horse, right? And you go somewhere to ride a horse. You might go to almost a racetrack to, to, <laughs> to drive one day, which is just fascinating. But yeah. I think instead of being work from home, you maybe work from car and just be on a trip somewhere when things really take off. Right. I think that's the future. The one fun fact I really like is that one of the biggest investors in the very beginning of self-driving cars is in China, and they're dubbed the Netflix of China, right? They're named Leico. And the reason they got into making cars was, yeah, you're going to sign up for our version of Netflix in China, but we're doing this because we want you to stay subscribed because you're probably in the future going to be watching something while you're driving. So they saw the synergy there. <laughs> wow. And I think you're just going to be, you know, making a cup of coffee. You're going to be working. You're going to be watching some Netflix, pretending to be working, you know, while you're going somewhere and taking a trip. So it's going to be like a little pod to take you maybe around the country. And I think that's definitely a very cool future. No, oh, that's cool. Is there an electric car or a car in general that is a favorite for you? I'm just curious. You know, there's so many uh, companies trying to get into Tesla space. I think they just continue to be the market leader. I'm like, yeah, Rivian, there's a new story about how they're losing millions and billions of dollars on their cars. So it just, I don't think anybody has cracked the, uh, the code that Elon has out there. So mm. I'm waiting for that next big thing where it's, you know, a cool car and sustainable at the same time. Yeah. Rivian, $33,000 a car they lose for every car they sell. Oh. It's horrible. So pleased to talk to you about technology. You're going to be at the Consumer Electronics Show. I'm going to be there. Is there something you're going to make a beeline to a special booth that you're so interested in this, that, or the other? Gaming, camera technology, phones, TVs. What is on your like top three list, maybe? Yeah, I think the TVs are always interesting. You always think they're going to be a little bit boring, but I think that's when they have to take bigger chances. Last year, we saw a TV that was completely wireless, 
and it had an HDMI that kind of streamed the video from somewhere else. Right. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It had it hovering above water. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, you're going to hear about AI a lot, and that's going to be probably the most annoying buzzword because everybody who doesn't even have AI is going to say, we have AI now, and it's, that's just the uh, programming automation. Right. Um, so, but I think, uh, you know, the, the gaming is a, is, a, is a big thing, but I think um, robotics is kind of the exciting thing. I, a couple of years ago, I had a Samsung booth appointment, and a pair of robotic arms acted as a chef in a kitchen yes. above a countertop and made that. me a salad, and I, I ate it and I lived. So, right. you know, it must have been, you know, it must have been halfway decent. So uh, uh, that, I played ping pong. I, did you ever play ping pong against that robot? I, you know, there was a program for that, but uh, this year, I'm telling you. I, okay. I could have beaten the ping pong. Let's hook up at the Consumer Electronics Show coming yeah. in January. Let's do a show from there or something, and... Uh, Love that it. would be fun because consumer electronics are so big. I'm so happy that you're an entrepreneur. Congratulations on your success. The shortcut.com, the number one consumer tech publication on Substack. You guys check it out. Uh, Matt Swider, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is a great chat. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. That's it for me this week. Uh, until next time, toodles. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated.